The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 um, it's one of the great things about March Madness is, is you have an off day and you lose. And, and you can't lose sight of the, I don't even know what our record was. I, you can't lose sight of that. You, know, you, can't, you can't lose sight of the Big Ten championship. You can't lose sight of the 19 games we won against Big Ten opponents. Uh, you can't lose sight of the growth. Uh, that this team made through the season. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll remember this uh, very, very fondly, this group as a, as a team that uh, uh, really continued to take the next step and uh, in our progress of, of building. And uh, I think we brought Illinois back, and, and uh, it's, been a, it's been a resurrection of sorts and, and uh, a great challenge, and this team has, has achieved a great deal. Well, that's that's a way to end, uh, but that's the the beauty and the cruelty of March Madness as Illinois falls in the second round. Don't even get to the Sweet 16. One of the best seasons, one of the best teams in more than a decade for Illinois basketball is out as Loyola Chicago has a masterpiece of a performance, 71-58. to Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. I, I don't know how many people are actually going to be listening to this one uh, because it's just a, it's a tough loss to relive. And I, I went to my guy again, and, and sorry to do it, Michael Tulip, after the bone-crushing loss that this is. Um, but this was a, a stinker of a performance, obviously, for Illinois. In, in a single elimination tournament, you can't have those, especially against a good team that whether you think they're underseeded or not, you were playing a good team regardless of who you played here. I want to ask you about what Porter Moser did, what Illinois did not do in this game. But you've been in a locker room after that kind of loss, and maybe not as a number one C, but after an NCAA tournament loss. I know so many Illini fans just feel awful right now and feel incomplete, but they're not players. They're not coaches. What do you think that locker room was like? I think you make a good point. I think, um, you know, and, and as fans, you know, you have a right to be disappointed. And you have a right to uh, – you're entitled to your own opinion. And, and, and that's – and that's your prerogative. And I think the, you know, the, the one distinction I'll always make is as long as it doesn't get into the, the EJ Liddell type stuff, you know, heck yeah, you have, you know, you can be pissed off about it. You know, you can be upset, you can be disappointed, but I can guarantee you that whatever emotions you're feeling right now, don't hold a candle to what Trent Frazier's feeling and, and IO and, and DeMonte and, Kofi, all the way down the line, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's, there's managers that I'm sure are extremely torn up about it. The coaches, I mean, it's this is – it's. It, I, I don't want to just go say, hey, this is March, because when you look at the matchup, and that's what this tournament is, it's it's all matchups. Um, you know, I, we, you and I were kind of exchanging tweets on, on Twitter. You know, <laughs> Villanova comes off a national championship in 2016 – um, and then they get, they get Wisconsin in the second round who still had Nigel Hayes, who still had, um, you know, I believe they still had Bronson Koenig. I mean, it was, it was a, a good team that beat Xavier in that first round, you know, and then is able to, um, and then is able to win against, uh, against Villanova in the second round. And it's all just, it's the same thing. They, they bog down the game. Uh, you know, they force you to play out of your comfort zone. They force you to make adjustments on the fly. They force you to get sped up. Um, 
and I thought that, you know, that ended up being the story, but to tie it back to, to get back to, you know, the initial starting point that I'll make here is Brad Underwood is more qualified than is a hundred times more qualified than me, a hundred times more qualified than you, a hundred times more qualified than any fan that is listening to this when it comes to making decisions for Illinois basketball. Everybody, I mean, everybody is, I mean, I tweet out some of my thoughts during the game and everybody becomes a, you know, becomes an analyst and becomes a coach in these moments. Uh, well, he's got to do this or he's got to do that. It's, you know, it's, it's what makes what Loyola does. It's the reason why they won 18 out of 19. It's the reason why they're, they've been to a final four. Um, and the difference is, you have guys that play that that play that style. You have teams that play that style. Loyola isn't the only team in America that plays that style. They just care more about playing that style. You can have guys that say, "I'm playing it," you know, certain certain X Y Z school, and yeah, we play this style. But I'd love to play like Gonzaga. Man, I'd love to, I'd love to get up and down. I'd love to run. I I'll do this because it works for us. We win games, but man, I'd love to play like that. And I. I I said it on Twitter. Loyola leans into playing like this. They embrace it. It's it's how they win. And there was going to be that initial shock of, man, they're, this is different. This is different. They're everywhere. It feels like there's eight Loyola defenders. Um, and it sped them up. It sped up the passes they made. It felt like Trent and, and Adam Miller like were dribbling themselves to the ground at times. Like they were falling. Like it, and it was just – and then Curbelo obviously was, um, you know, was kind of the Curbelo that we fear from times, from time to times. Um, not just being able to split the defense—that's just not, you know, Loyola wants that. They welcome that, um, you know. And 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 we can dive into the nuts and bolts like we always do, but I'll always go back to just really feeling for those guys because whether you're a number one seed or a sixteen seed or you know, it's the NIT doesn't matter. Like when your season comes to an end, it sucks. And whether that's. Especially this season, right? This I mean, season, everything yeah. they went through. Yeah. I mean, I think you look at the expectations and that's a lot. Like that's a lot for, for teams to handle. Um, and, and it doesn't like this, this, the rise of Illinois basketball over, over the last few years, you know, I don't want to say overnight, but damn near. And, and when you get on this stage with guys that have not played in the NCAA tournament, that have not felt that, you know, one-and-done pressure, yeah, they just won the Big Ten tournament, but that's different. Your, your ticket's punched. Whether you whether you get bounced or or you win it, you know, that ticket is punched. So How much do you, you think know, I, that mattered, Mike? Because I, I texted you before we started this, like Porter, Lucas Williamson, who played outplayed Io DeSumo today, Cameron Crutwig, who outplayed Kofi Coburn today, those guys look like they've been there and done that before, and, and Illinois didn't. And, and there were parts of the first game, right, where Illinois looked a little sluggish, but then they're just too much better uh, than Drexel. How much do you think not playing on this type of stage, being tested by this type of team, um, affected them today? It matters. It matters a lot. Um, and, and not only just the players on the court. You mentioned Porter Moser, but, you know, Valentine and those guys that are on staff, the assistants, Clayton Custer's back on that bench. A lot of guys, like they've been there, they've done that, they know how to get from weekend to weekend. Um, and they play that way and they're so they're so skilled defensively and and it raises the level of everyone's play. Like when you can look at a guy honestly and be like, I'm looking at Cameron Crutwig, I'm looking him dead in the eyes. He's a guy that's been there. And it didn't matter. I, I truly believe if Illinois got out of the gates to a 10-2 lead that Loyola wouldn't have flinched. Like, it's just, it's just kind of who they are. And, and credit Porter Moser. Like, for, first things first, they ran, you know, they went single-single into a dribble handoff, forcing Kofi to have to make a decision. Are you going to pressure and give up a pull-up? Or are you going to lay off? And uh, you gotta, he got caught in no man's land time and time again. And – Great coaches, it doesn't have to be some crazy game plan. I think what makes a great coach is saying, no, this works. Let's keep it simple, and we're going to keep doing it. And that's what Porter Moser did. Um, and it's the reason why I think either Loyola is going to say, 
here's a here's as much money as we can give you in an eight to ten year contract, or someone's going to back up the Brinks truck for him. Um, he's that good. I mean, he's a guy he recruited me out of high school, and I I really wanted to play for that guy. They happened to offer another point guard, um, but I really wanted to play for that guy. Um, just his energy and uh, and what he what he brings to the table, just just from a confidence standpoint, you can tell that defense. They play with comp. It's like there's a it's like a defensive confidence. Uh, everyone's in the right spot. There's no guessing, and that's what I thought Illinois was doing. Illinois defensively was guessing, um, you know. And and time and time again, you saw four seconds left, three seconds left on the shot clock. And I I think I tweeted it before the game. You have to be engaged the entire shot clock because you're going to think, oh, four three seconds left. Let me get a contest. That's a foul three or four times. And those are backbreakers, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I thought it was just it, it was too much to to overcome. Um, and you could say, oh, adjustments this, adjustments that. They played harder. They cared more. They wanted it more. And it's crazy to say that, but yeah. you know, for a team that's been there to come out like that and just say, hey, you know, we've sniffed the Final Four before, and we want it again. And they and Loyola played like it. What did Porter and, and Loyola do defensively that that bothered Io Desumu so much? Was it was it just Lucas Williamson playing outstanding defense? And you know, Kofi ended up with twenty one and nine. But I think you and I know, Mike, a lot of that came when the game was already seemingly decided. Um, so what did they do so well against those stars? And and then obviously the role players because outside of Miller and Curbelo, Desumu and Coburn, nobody got more than one field goal. Yeah, I, I think schematically their plan was obviously to get the ball out of Io and Corbello's hands. That was the plan. Um, and and we it was a very similar plan that we had to, with Shane Larkin uh, when we played in the NCAA tournament in the round of 32. And we said, you know what? We're going to get it out of his hands. And the one guy we're going to leave at times is going to be Ryan Brown, um, who ended up hitting five threes on us. Um, and, and you live with that. I, Ryan Brown was, I think, six a game. And you take away, you know, as long as you're getting it out of the best player's hands. But I thought at times, Io, you you try too much to get around the second defender um, instead of standing in there, picking it up, surveying, you know. But part of that is off-the-ball movement. Like, there has to be guys coming back to the ball. There were too many times that in between the three-point line and half court, Io retreats, he picks up his dribble, Kofi Georgie are rolling all the way to the basket. There's no safety valve. Um, guys are in the corner. And and what do you do? Like there's it's so hard to make those passes. Um, so I'll, I'll, I don't want to put it on Io. Uh, you know, a couple of times he was loose with the ball. Um, I thought he struggled at times when when they forced him going left. Uh, and that was clearly their game plan. And, and quite honestly, I think they thought if, if the ball gets thrown into Kofi all game that the way they the way they defended it, I, I don't think they thought that would beat them. Hmm. Um, I think if I think they thought if guys get going from the perimeter, if Trent Frazier gets going, uh, we're obviously going to get the ball out of Io's hands. And you know what? Trent was one for ten. Um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of the X factor. Uh, you know, if he can if he can, Trent can play his normal game, but there were a couple he rushed a lot. Yep. He, I mean, he came down and just off no passes, pulled up from eighteen feet, and you're Loyola, you're you're clapping. I mean, that's a win. Um, so I, I thought what they were able to do was be in gaps. And when you, and when you're in gaps, every on the ball defender becomes a better defender. Um, Braden Norris, it's so easy to say, let's target the short white guy, but he's a good defender. Mm-hmm. Like Braden Norris is a great defender. And, and what makes him so great is when you have guys in the gaps, he, he doesn't have to be, you know, a hundred out of a hundred on the defensive end. He can make a few mistakes and still recover. And Tate Hall's the same way. Tate Hall, you look, you're like, ah, here's the bigger kind of stretch the floor white guy. Let's deck. He's a great defender too. They all are. Kennedy, Kennedy would be the best defender on a lot of Big Ten teams. Williamson, the same thing. Um, those are like all Big Ten type defensive players. And what makes them so dangerous is on the flip side, they're pretty dang good offensively. There's too many teams that that play a certain style defensively to overcome, to compensate for what they lack offensively. And that's why Loyola is who they are. You know, they, they have guys that are willing to buy in like that on the defensive end and on the offensive end, 
they're no slouch. They'll make you guard every single time down the floor. I remember the, the Lucas Williamson three from the right wing on the fast break in the first half. I was like, I was shocked. I was like, whoa, why do you take that shot? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, you know, Illinois gets the rebound and you're kind of like, all right, if they're going to shoot those kind of shots, we have a chance. And that was the one shot I thought all game was like, yeah, it was kind of ill-advised. They just don't beat themselves. Um, and, and I thought that was kind of a microcosm today and, and the story of the game where they clearly had a game plan. They wanted to take Iowa out of it, um, you know, and, and they wanted to make him guard. And I'll say this. There were I, – I have the most respect for Iowa Zuma, what he's done for this program. And, you know, you could you could sit there and say – there's a difference between the, the word – like the word exposed is something for me that I don't take lightly because I think when you use the word exposed, it's a, you're exposing who you truly are. Right. And that's not the case with Iodesumo. I thought there were a couple of times where he got backdoored. He was standing straight up on defense. Iodesumo was capable of being a great defender. Um, but so much was being exerted offensively just for him to get out of a trap. Um, that I thought he took a few plays off defensively. And and this is a Loyola team that'll make you pay for that. Mike, I, I, I know we can, you know, armchair quarterback, this thing as a coach, but is Brad Underwood and his staff kind of evaluate themselves? What do you think they'll go back and say, yeah, if we would have done this thing or this thing, maybe we would have had a chance. Yeah. And, and, and I always preface these kinds of things by saying, I know Brad Underwood and that staff is is doing everything they can and, and put together a game plan that, that they, that they think gives themselves the best chance to win the game. The, the, the issue is Cameron Crow is, that's a tough dude to defend. And when you have the personnel that you have, I'm, I really like, you can sit there and, and give every, you know, Hey, maybe we switch these handoffs. Maybe we switch, you know, the dribble hand. I, I, I don't know. But the thing with Cameron Crowig is he's a threat, whether you can't really, if you're Kofi, you can't really chest to chest him on the perimeter because he's savvy enough to get around you. He works those pivots. So he'll put you in foul trouble. But then if you lay off of him like you did today, it's, it's like giving Peyton Manning just a clean pocket, you know, it's like, and, and, and it's just letting him dissect you. And, and that's really what happened. I thought that was the story of the game. You know, it was, it was truly no pressure in the backfield. Um, you know, for a guy, for a guy like Cameron Crow, when you can give him clean, angles to make backdoor passes um, to go into those handoffs. And, and then when you have a, when he's already being laid off of, he gives, he just gives one handoff and the guy who's coming off is wide open. If, if Cameron Crowick, who's a big body lays wood, that guy coming off is wide open. And if you're Kofi, you're a team guy, right? And, and you're, you don't want to just let that guy shoot just a, you know, a, a uncontested pull-up. So you're going to you're going to want to uh, go contest that. You're going to want to commit to it. And I thought too many times, I don't want to blame this on all, all on Kofi because there were and this is partly designed by Porter Moser, but there just was no backside help ever. Um, and, and when I say backside help, I'm saying, you know, the the two handoffs or the handoff was happening with two other players on that side of the court. After those handoffs happen, you cannot stay glued to your guy. Mm-hmm. You have to move. With, you have to move with the ball, and if you move with the ball, then when Cameron Crutwig sets that handoff, you can bump him. You know, you can bump him when he's rolling to the rim. There were too many times he just was, you know, could gather his feet. That's another thing where you look at, and I know I'll, I'll go off on a tangent here, but when you look at a guy like Cameron Crutwig, who is strong, not the best athlete, um, but if you can, if you can nudge him to where he can't get a full gather to rise up for those kind of alley-oop tip-ins uh, or alley-oop layups, that makes a huge difference. And, and it's like what Steven Adams talks about when you're defending Zion Williamson. Let me preface this by saying I'm not saying that <laughs> Zion Williamson and Cameron Frutwig are the same players, right. but the point remains where if you can beat Zion Williamson or Cameron Crutwig to their gather step, it becomes really hard. You throw all the timing off. And all that, all that is is a simple tag from that ball side corner um, to alleviate that pressure. There's, there's two ways you can alleviate pressure on Kofi Coburn. One is getting through the screen. You get through the screen. I even thought there were opportunities to go under the dribble handoff. Um, you know, he's, Cameron Crowley's such a big body. 
where if you at least go under a dribble handoff, you can cut the guy off. You can you can get back to the spot and alleviate that pressure for Kofi. But on the backside, there has to be a tag. There has to be a tag. There has to be a sink and fill. And we all know Kofi loves to go block those shots um, off the dribble handoffs. So if there's no one coming down to block out, it makes it virtually impossible. With a guy as smart and savvy and with great touch as Cameron Crutwick, it's hard to stop. All right, Mike, I want to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about just the finality of this season and and looking ahead uh, to next season. We'll do that next. Sure. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, Mike. Um, this is this is tough to take for this team as we talked about. A number one seed that had as high as expectations as any for, for a generation really of Illini fans, but you know, the first since 2005 to to get a number one seed. Um Io's gone. He's gonna be likely a first round pick in the NBA draft. You mentioned it. Um, I, I don't think this game defines him, though. I, th- I think Lucas Williamson did some things that that obviously don't help um, uh, Iowa's draft stock because he's going to be facing those kind of guys uh, a lot in the NBA. What do you think this offseason, uh, this draft process, will be like for Iowa, and, and how high ultimately do you think he goes? Yeah, I think he's still first round pick. Uh, you've seen there's this is you know it's it's recency bias for a lot of people to say. That's your national player of the year candidate. Um, oh, you got those too, huh? <laughs> oh man, yeah. So you know, I when you look at Io, it's it's you know front offices, NBA front offices aren't stupid. Um, you know, you look at full body work, uh, and, and I think with the misconception is that you know, and this is a misconception for players too. You know, players say, and and there's a selfishness about it. Um, there's plenty of players around college basketball that think that what they do their senior year or their last year before they go to the NBA, before they go play professionally, what they do, the numbers they put up, it's ultimately going to affect whether or not they get drafted or whether or not they play in the NBA. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Do you want to have all those great numbers and accolades? Yeah, of course. But when you look at the process itself, I mean, let me take you through this. You know, it's not like the NBA draft is in three weeks and this is the last thing that, you know, um, NBA front office advocacy of IO. Because there's going to be, you know, there's the end of the season, and um, and then there's NBA uh, workouts, there's pre-draft workouts, uh, there's pre-draft interviews, there is, um, you know, then we'll see if there's summer, we'll see if there's summer league. But like when once the draft happens, there's so many steps to get to that point where it's not just hey, season's over. All right, let's let's uh, roll, let's roll the dice to see what we draft here. I think I was still first round pick. I. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go from the – I think he'll end up in the 15 to 25 yeah. range, um, which I think I, which I think benefits him. I think if he ends up – I think he can be a really, really good guy, and there's a lot of value in a dude who is a team guy, who's mature like Io is, who will do whatever it takes to win, being you know a late first-round pick on a contender or at least a playoff team. Because when you look at the ninth, 10th, 11th guy on an NBA roster, if you are a problem, you are not – on the team period like it doesn't matter kevin porter jr i know he's back in the league but he was a he was a 30th pick in the draft for the Cavs. you know he ended up being the eighth ninth tenth guy couldn't stay out of trouble they don't like the nba doesn't put up with that mm-hmm. um and i think that's what makes io so much more marketable and so much more valuable for an nba team is hey you know what 
whether we play IO 20 minutes a night or eight minutes a night, we know what we're going to get out of IO. He's going to play hard. Um, you know, he's going to, he's going to do the right thing. He's going to make, he's going to make the tough plays. He's going to, you know, I, that's just who he is. And I know it's, it's hard to, to see that after the performance that he had today, but the full body of work suggests that period. Like it just does. And I think, um, when he hears his name called on draft night, it's going to be a really cool moment for him. It's going to be a really cool moment for his family. It's going to be a really cool moment for the university of Illinois. Um, because it had, there hasn't been one since Myers. And, um, and that means something in recruiting, um, you know, for, for all those guys to say for a coaching staff to definitively say, here is Ayo Desumu. He stayed home. He, you know, he built this program up on the court in the locker room and he's getting reward for it by being a first round pick in the NBA draft. And that speaks volumes, uh, you know, and, and I think the culture and, and the, the type of mentality that he has had is something that I think not only just, propelled this team to have the year that they had but um it's something that a lot of guys in that team can look and build off of um for these years going forward i think the biggest question of the offseason is whether kofi coburn returns right if he returns i think this is a big 10 title contender again uh based on what you have and, and he's just such a big difference maker um didn't have a, a great game even though he had 21 and 9 um but we know how good he is what do you think his process will be like, Mike? And and I know there's there's obviously big financial considerations for him and his family, whether it's NBA or, or going overseas or G League or whatever he wants to do. Uh, but what do you think? Um, what do you think he should do? I, I can give you my selfish answer. Sure. Um, but I'll start by saying, you know, Kofi's going to enter his name. There's no question about it. Um, you know, he's going to go through the process and. I think if he gets any type of, I'm not saying a promise, but if he gets an inkling that there's some, I'm even saying early second round interest, you got to go. Um, you got to go. It, 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 me, it means something different, uh, you know, than it did before 2017 with these two way contracts. Um, I think he's a prime guy. You look at you look at Justin Patton, you look at a lot of these guys, these bigs who, you know, heard their name called on draft night, but, you know, have, have kind of carved out some roles for them by being two way guys. Um, you know, I think Kofi, I think Kofi's really, he's scratching the surface on what he can, what he can do as a basketball player. And don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that Kofi's going to become Brooke Lopez. Right. Um, you know, that's not what that means, but, but there are certain aspects of his game that, that he can, that can become more polished. Hey, and, and let's, if today isn't any indication the NBA is ball screen defense. It is. Um, and if you're an NBA guy and you're watching that, that may be your biggest concern. It's not – people look, they're like, oh, well, the game's changed. You know, it's – he doesn't shoot threes. He's a traditional big man. It's like, no, that still works. That still works in the NBA. Um, if, you, if, you can, if you can work around it, if you have guys that can – you know, if Kofi can be a defensive threat and a lob threat, there's plenty of spots in the NBA for guys like that. Um, you know, and, and I think the biggest question mark for him is going, is going to be that ball screen defense. Cause that's, I mean, you talk, you talk about Braden Norris and Clemens, how about Damian Lillard and Steph Curry? Um, it's just a different type of, it's a, it's just a whole nother ball game on that level. And, and I, and I think that's going to be the biggest question mark for him. And, and, you know, I think if it was, I think Kofi's a very self-aware guy, um, I don't think this is going to be an ego decision. Like I want to leave just because I want to say that I'm entering my name. I, I think there could be a chance. Uh, I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's 90, 10% or like 90%, 10%. I don't even think it's 75, 25. I think it's, I think it is probably 55, 45, maybe 60, 40 that he's gone, but there is still a good chance that he comes back to champagne. And when he does, you're right back almost in the position you were where you say, Hey, we'll be con competing for a big 10 title. Uh, not only just big 10 tournament championship, but big 10 regular season. Andre Curbelo gets another year, not only under his belt, but in the weight room, um, you know, and, and working with Fletch and having a full real off season, as opposed to, Hey, COVID show up in July or whenever they did. So there's a lot that this team can do to take that step forward. But I think some of the recruits that they have coming in 
are guys that can really stretch the floor. I thought throughout the, you know, throughout the season, their 39, 40% three point shooting was kind of a, a bit of a misnomer. They just didn't take many. Um, and, and I, I and didn't they're not a very really long team, Mike. No. Like, I, I think that hurt them today because Loyola's got Lucas Williamson's really long. Uh, their, their foreman, I can't pronounce his name, is really long. Um, I, I think that that bothered them, especially on the wing. So, um, you know, obviously Trent Frazier, Demonte Williams could move on here, and and maybe they decide to come back. But I think it's important for them to get longer out on the perimeter there, where Grandison's more of a three man, right, than than a four man. Yeah, I think I think too. If you can if you can swing it to where you move Grandison to the three next year, because um, because quite honestly, I, no matter who you bring in, I think he's a he's an important piece, um, and I think he should be a no brainer starter next year. You look you. I'm assuming they'll probably hit the transfer. Like if you can hit the if you can hit the transfer portal and find um, is it Trey Schmidt? Is that his name? Who's the, who's the dude from uh? The, Who's the who's the dude from UMass? Oh, Trey, Trey Mitchell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Trey Trey Mitchell. Is that yeah. Name? Yeah. Yeah. Trey Mitchell is like a, is a perfect example of maybe like you get him in there as a four man with some length. Like there's there's guys out there that you can bring in that just have a little more length to them. I I I've said it I've said it all year. It's so funny, but I I think if if EJ Liddell is and so it's so easy to say this, but EJ Liddell is like the four man that Illinois like you need. It's He's got the length, uh, inside, outside. He can defend. Um, like if EJ Liddell is an Illini with the with the construction this team has, I mean they're a no brainer. Probably like a you know a no brainer national title pick. But um, but yeah, I, I think as you look into this offseason, it's how can we bolster our perimeter shooting? How can we bolster our length? Um, and and who's going to step up from a leadership standpoint? Um, easy to say that it's easy to just say boom it's Andre Curbelo but this was you know this was a lot of leadership by committee um this year with a lot of different guys providing leadership in different ways and with Trent if Trent DeMonte and Io all leave like that's a big void uh to fill so you know it's this is but this is kind of what makes it fun you know it's you know it wasn't fun when the when the buzzer sounded um you know this in this game but if Illinois pulls that game out you know, it's all these games and, and, and how this goes down and year to year, it's all just part of like this journey, uh, which, which kind of makes it in a, in a sickening way, really cool. Uh, just to say, you know what, Hey, here, how the chips are, the chips are what they are. What can, what can you make of it? Virginia. Um, you know, it, it, I think about that locker room. Yep. Uh, I'm not even talking about this Ohio. I'm talking about UMBC. I mean, you're the laughing stock for, you know, for, for, a whole year, two years, really, or I guess really a whole year until you win the national title. And you think about how those games went with Virginia. If Kyle Guy doesn't get fouled on a three, they're getting bounced from the final four. They don't even win a national title. So it's, it's, it's funny to be able to look and I, and I come on these podcasts and like, I don't have notes. It's just a mind, it's just a mind dump. And I appreciate you letting me talk through this. No, your um, mind dumps are good, man. It's good data. But it, but it's it's fun. It's just fun's the wrong word, but it is a journey though. I, I it's get what a you're journey. I, I get what you're saying, and this is part of a journey that no one wanted. That, that no one wanted. But it's it's how do you respond to it and how do you respond to it without the guy who got you here, right? Is yep. is Io who saved you so many times just didn't have a, another one left in him where he could save you like he actually failed and, and io came on in the postgame presser mike and you'll go back and i don't know if you if you saw some of the tweets but he's like i'm gonna get better from this illinois is gonna get better from this and like lebron failed and michael jordan failed like all these people they'd have failures to to learn from them and i think virginia is a great um, example of that is those guys took it and got better now how does illinois do it how does andre Corbello do it how does adam miller go from role player to potential leading scorer if if Kofi's not back like he could be uh one of their top guys next year how does that experience shape them moving forward you know for Brad Underwood and his staff it's going to be pretty motivating uh the talent obviously you must replenish um but I do think the good news is you feel like you got a pretty good talent base there and at least you've risen 
the expectations here of Illinois. It's just in this single elimination tournament, man, it's cruel. It, it's really cruel um, about how such a great season will forever be marred by this, right? By by one really bad game. Yeah, I, I think you're you're spot on. I look I look back at you know the twelve win season not too long ago, um, and it's I'm not saying those seasons are easy because they're not. But when you compare them to being a one seed, having expectations, being on the national stage, um, you know, Seth Davis and Clark Kellogg in the studio, oh, yeah, they'll win this game. You know, we got Illinois in the national championship. Like all that, when, you, when you're a 12-win team, the day-to-day sucks. You know, the day-to-day sucks. It's, it's uh, you know, the, the fan base is negative. But, like, you know how it is. Season ends, and it's just like, Oh man, next year though, we're oh, we're gonna be IO's coming. Is, yeah. Yeah, IO's coming and you know, we got this guy coming in and oh just wait. And this is different. Um, this is different. It's it's a growing experience for players. It's a growing experience for for fans. Um, you know, it, it's it's I mean, look at that 2005 team. Uh, you know, you you make it past round after round, but if that team bowed out in the round of 32 we're comparing this Illinois team to the 89 team. Like it's, or, it's, or the it's, Elite Eight. I mean, what if, what if the they didn't eight. have the greatest <laughs> comeback example. ever? Like if they would have lost that game, which they should have, right? They really Absolutely should have. Absolutely should have. D, D always tells a story. D always tells a story of he's sitting on the bench at the under four media. And I think it was like two or three guys are carrying these boxes of regional champ jerseys to the Arizona bench, like to put behind the Arizona bench. And um, it just goes to show you, man, I, you know, you're, you're never out of it in this tournament, but if you consistently don't bring it in a game possession after possession, like I said, man, it's this game, even with seven minutes left. And I'm, I'm, I'm a very optimistic person with even with seven minutes left. I was like, this is a wrap. Like it's a rat. There's, there's just, there's nothing that has been shown at this point that can make you optimistic. Yeah, um, like Mike, just to take you behind the curtain, like I write my quick hits and I'm writing throughout the game, so I have it ready to post. And usually, like I have like two stories going at once in case it goes either way. I deleted with about ten minutes left. I, I deleted it and I said they ain't winning this game. I, nope. I just Loyola's playing too well and Illinois has not responded and. You know, by the time we got to five minutes and Williamson makes that bucket, I go, it's it's done. I've always said too, in in the NCAA tournament, yes, it's a forty minute game, but if you're a if you're a, if you're a, an underdog, or you're a team that's, you know, playing against the heavily favored, it can be a twenty. Like if you can assert yourself and and assert your dominance for 25, 30 minutes to get the other team to the point where they start getting tight. Like oh my god, this is you can win you can win it right there, you can win it for I thought Loyola won this game in the first ten minutes, mm-hmm. um, and, and you get it's a game of pressure. Like how can you how can I put pressure on the other team? How can I make them feel because because it's just different. It's you you can take and and I thought if Illinois and this is why it's just a game of inches. Illinois got it to six, and kept getting it to six, and I kept telling my fiance if they can get it to four. If they can just get it to four, because there's something different about six and four and, and six and three. And it's just that's when things start to shrink a little bit. And, you know, Loyola doesn't feel as confident. And, and those the times where they're coming off with a head full of steam off the ball screens, you know, it, it just the court looks a little bit more tighter than when it just because it just felt like everybody was spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was similar to the Baylor game. It was similar to the Mission State game where. Guys start getting closer to their guy, and it's like, ah, I'm not, I'm not going to be the guy that gets backdoored. I'm not going to be the guy that gives up this next basket, and that's hard, man. That's it makes it puts a lot of pressure on your seven seven footer to to be perfect in ball screens. And uh, I thought it was ultimately it was ultimately their demise. It's it's crazy, man. It's crazy sitting here and thinking thinking that this season's over. I, I had people that hit me up on podcast to come on to podcast next week. Cause oh we want you to preview the Sweet Sixteen. I was like <laughs> that was All not right. me. That was not me. But <laughs> I was like yeah it was not. I, I'll go on record. It was not Jeremy Warner. Um, 
But there were people that were like, oh, we want you to come preview the Sweet 16. I'm like, Sweet 16? You got <laughs> like a lot of teams that are in this final or that are in this NCAA tournament, not many have final four experience. That team did. Yeah, like uh, I, I want to admit, Mike, like I was on a pod last week and I said, Well, it doesn't scare me as much as other people. Just because I go, I think Illinois has to play its worst game. I think even if Kerbella or uh Desumu and uh, Coburn struggle a little bit or they're held in check. I go, somebody else will step up. Like that that's just been what they've been doing for two months. And I was wrong. I, I, I was wrong. That, that team put on a clinic and they forced Frazier and and Miller. And Miller had a good game for the most part on offense. And and Curbelo had did some nice things with nine point seven assists, but uh, I didn't expect him to shut down DeSumo like that. To Frazier have that performance. DeMonte didn't make a bucket. Uh, Grandison had a bad game. Like, I, I just didn't expect all that to happen at the same time because it hasn't really for the last two months with this team. No, no. And, and and I think that's what's different. That's what makes the NCAA tournament different. Um, you know, you can have these games against Michigan State and you can have these games against Baylor early in the season because you have the luxury of saying, oh, you know, we're young, a lot of season left. You know, Mich- even the Michigan State loss, like, man, this sucks. But we punched our ticket. You know, we're we're in the dance. We're still fighting for a one seed. The, the Big Ten championship is still out there. The tournament championship's still out there. This is different. Like when you when you play this way, there's been plenty of teams that have that not plenty, but Michigan State, Baylor, um, Maryland was like that. When you play teams like that, like Illinois at times this season, they didn't show that they were able to really thwart that. Um you know, and that's what scared me about this game is you couple in the expectations and, and all that, and it becomes it becomes a completely different game. And I saw people on Twitter, well, this is a team that Wisconsin beat. Yeah, Wisconsin plays their style. Just like they play Wisconsin's game. This isn't Illinois' game. Um, and I get they can win. We've said it all year. They can win in different ways. But, you know, I, I, I still think that the way that, that Loyola is so airtight with – there's nowhere, there's no one to expose defensively. No one. And and part of that is they're all great individually defending the ball. And the other is like they won't let each other get exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big distinction there. There's there's guys that, yeah, yeah, I'm a good defender, right? Like, oh, I'm a good defender. Right? I'm not gonna get beat. But are you gonna help your guy? Like are you are you, do you feel the same way about your teammate that's next to you? Like, does it hurt you as much when he gets beat as when you get beat? Right. Um, and I think that's what Loyola did, and they showed it. Like, that was a team today. And to come in and say that Illinois didn't care about this game and to come in and say that they weren't ready for this game, um, you're absolutely ready for the game. You have your game plan. You know, you have your player, your All-Americans. You have all of that. Loyola just executed. Yep. Like, they executed their game plan better. And that's not a, that's not a knock on Brad Underwood. That's not a knock on Io DeSumo. Like that's credit to those guys, guys that have been there before and guys that have, you know, have been the Final Fours. And and that's what you see. I mean, look, if I'm Oklahoma State or Oregon State, and I'm watching that game, Kate Cunningham, <laughs> like yeah. whoever ends up playing that team, I mean, I guarantee you, Kate Cunningham is not going to look like Kate Cunningham against Loyola. Like he's it's it's going to be different now. Now or Oklahoma state has different pieces, but you know, the, the fact still remains like when you have guys bought in like that, that really lean into how they play and want to execute at a high level and want to play that style. It's, it takes a really, really special, special performance to knock those teams out of the tournament. Mike, you're great as always, man. I, I don't think any of us wanted to, to have this kind of podcast today, but I I just I, I needed someone who could break down what Loyola did so well um, because I, I give them so much credit uh, for what they did. And um, it, it's it's clear they've been there before and, and they seized that moment and knocked Illinois back with a haymaker early and Illinois could never recover and, and they smell blood and, and they're dangerous. They're dangerous going to that yeah. Sweet 16 and – what, a, what an amazing accomplishment it would be for Porter to get to, and, and all those guys, uh, to get to two Final Fours. And um, I, I wouldn't doubt them. I wouldn't doubt them. They can do at it. This point. They can do it, man. And I, and I want to thank you for allowing me to come on um, throughout the season. I don't think you know how much it means to me and, and to be able to 
I mean, I'm sure you you can tell, but I love this game, yeah. man. Like I love it. It's it's what I it's it's what I watch when I wake up in the morning, on my laptop on Synergy, and um, you know, to to be able to come and just talk about it, and and you allowing me the opportunity to do that, and has been awesome. Uh, it's been so much fun. I'm hoping we can continue to do it in the future. Um, it's it's crazy. I I, I almost now we really start shifting to uh, TBT mode, uh, right. or at least at least for me, at least for me. Do, uh, do you want to fill the people in? Do you, do you got any news on, on the house of pain? I mean, <laughs> it, I, I really want to give away where we're playing, but I, I don't think I'm allowed to yet. Gotcha. Um, but I will say that it will not be Columbus. I'll say that that's Damn. all I can give you. Um, <laughs> but I, I will say these guys, you know, for, for the TBT in general, it's funny. Like I, you know, everybody, everybody who brings me on a podcast wants to say like, Oh, what's the, what's the similarities to the TBT? And this sound like, yeah, there's similarities, but I don't ever want to f- make it seem like what I do is, is, is on par with what, you know, the, the daily things that Brad Underwood has to tackle or Orlando Antigua has to tackle. But, um, but we're excited, man. We're going to have a lot of familiar faces back next year. Uh, some new faces that didn't play uh that didn't play with us last year that are going to be able to play this year uh i i i will say that one guy for sure that is coming back um and has told me that he is coming back is andres felice yeah uh so i i think people can be happy about that uh and then there's just other you know there's other guys we're looking at that um you know that have illinois ties that have brad underwood ties i mean there's a lot there's a lot there, um, but I'll probably give it some time, especially sure. for these, especially for some for some of these guys who are just coming off a loss, just to kind of let it let it simmer, and then we'll have those conversations. Well, we're we'll looking forward to that because that was so great last year. You guys gave us, you know, sports when we didn't have sports, and gave us something to root for when we didn't have something to root for. So, looking forward to that, Mike. And and thank you. It was our pleasure, man. Like you don't got to thank me. It was our pleasure to hear from you and and to break down the game. You make us smarter uh, with with basketball, and you give a player side that that we can't give either. So, uh, appreciate it all, man. And uh, we will have to do this again next year. Uh, and it's great that. We have higher expectations and, and higher goals uh, around doing want, basketball, man. right? So, yeah, that's, Mike, that's can't you thank want. you enough, man. All right, man. Take care. Thank you so much to Michael Tulip. I, I know you guys enjoyed him all season, and, and we certainly did, and, and that's why we've had him on so often. And just felt the need to have him on today, and he, he texted me back, I, I'd be a coward if I didn't come on today. So uh, it's, it's a weird day to put a bow on, on that season, right? And uh, this will mar you know, the way we think about this team. Um, and, and that's a shame because we also have so many great memories of what this season was, the run they had just had winning 15 of 16 games, getting back into the top 10 of the rankings for most of the year, uh, getting into the top two, heading into the NCAA tournament, winning the Big Ten Tournament Championship, I think means a lot for this program. And it's certainly uh, this one bad game does not say Illinois basketball up where they're going to fall all the way back down. But they certainly have their challenges ahead uh, to replace Iowa DeSumo, potentially Kofi Coburn and Trent Frazier and Demonte Williams. But it just feels like so much promise in the NCAA tournament goes unfulfilled. And again, I hate to repeat myself, but that is the cruelty of a single elimination tournament. And when you're on the other side of it, when you're on the upside of it, um, the upset side of it, that's where you just, this tournament's fantastic, Right. But when you're that favorite, you're Kansas as a one seed and you get knocked off by Northern Iowa, right? Or, or, or when you're Duke and you get knocked off by Lehigh. That's the side of it Illinois finds itself on. And, and Illinois, when it's been a one seed, hasn't had this type of loss. Yeah, you've lost in the Elite Eight. Um, you haven't lost here. And that's, that's really, really unfulfilling. And it's a shame for this team. But you got beat. You got beat. You got outplayed, out-executed. I thought out-hustled. And um, that's a shame that, that they'll be remembered that way. And it's a shame that Io DeSumo, probably his worst game of the season, is his final game uh, in an Illini uniform. But uh, it was still, what a career for Io DeSumo. If it's it for Kofi Coburn, what a career for him. Uh, both their jerseys will be in the rafters. Um, and what a career for DeMonte Williams and Trent Frazier, if, it, if they're done as well, to, to help lead this program back to relevance and back to Big Ten promise. And you know, guys like Curbelo, 
Adam Miller uh, as part of this future. You know, Jacob Grandison will be back. Coleman Hawkins will be a big part of this. Maybe Kofi comes back, and if he does, look out next year. Uh, but then you got to take advantage of this on the recruiting trail as well. And I, I don't think this one loss will crush them on the recruiting trail. They, they have a lot of irons in the fire. Now it's time to land them, reload, and then make uh, your next run. Because you never know, maybe it's that five-seed Illini that makes a trip to the Sweet 16 or makes a deep run. Maybe it's a three-seed Illini in a year or two uh, that makes a really, really deep run. Um, but I think this program's here to stay, and, and it was a fun season. It was a really fun season to cover, and I can tell you this much. It was a fun team and personalities and players and, and coaching staff to cover. And, and I do want to thank Illinois for all the access they gave us in this odd uh, year of coverage where we didn't get to see these people face to face. Um, I would assume who's is a plus with us. He, he's, he's a pro already when it comes to that Kofi Coburn, Andre Curbelo, Adam Miller, Georgie Bashanishvili, of course, Trent Frazier uh, is a pro at this. And then of course, Brad Underwood letting us know more about his team. So, so thank you to them and thank you to all you guys um, for reading us, listening to us, subscribing to us. Most of all, um, this was by far the most memorable and enjoyable year of covering uh, Illinois basketball by far for Derek Piper and I, and now adding Joey Wagner to the team. I hope you we gave you uh, the coverage that you Illini fans and, and all the passion that you deserve. So thank you uh, for coming along this journey with us. It was a fun journey for the most part, but no fairy tale ending uh, for this team, uh, sadly, for, for all you Illini supporters. But uh, there's a lot to cover coming up, uh, whether it's the aftermath of all this or a busy, busy offseason of roster building for Brad Underwood. We, of course, will be all over it at Illini Inquirer. Get to take a quick breath, and then we'll reload and start all that coverage as well. And, of course, spring football right around the corner, now unencumbered by Illinois basketball, sadly, but we'll be all over that as well. If you haven't already, subscribe to us, rate us, review us, wherever you get your podcast. Everybody, have a have a good day. I know it won't be a great day for you, but have a good day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Inquirer podcast. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.